Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Two Point Conversation. I know what you're thinking. That's not Matt Johnson. You're sure darn tootin' right it's not. I am Jaws, the Wizard of Jaws, whatever Matt likes to call me when I join the Two Point Discussion Topics episodes. Uh, Matt needed a week off. He's got some busy things going on with a an anniversary coming up. Uh, Brian was also busy today. So we called an audible. Yours truly, the big J-O-Z, filling in. And I brought one of my co-hosts from Hats, Tats, and Stats, the stat man, as he is known, Austin Kelm. Austin, what is going on, buddy? Not too much, Jazzy Bear. Thanks for having me. This was this was a cool audible. This was a new one. Yeah, normally uh, we've called a few audibles in the past where Matt has filled in on hats. This has been, this is the other way around where, you know, Matt's Matt told me like, ah, take the day off, and I was like, you know what. I've, I've, I've dropped the ball a few times this, this year and, um, you know, I figured I'd step up, step up and help them out this week. So here we are, we are doing it and it is discussion topic time. As always, we are going to kick off discussion topics as we do with our week seven takeaways and in honor of him joining the two point conversation, Statman, give it to me. You get to lead off with the week seven takeaways. Oh boy. So you know what the whole thing is here? Uh, I think I really know what happened with Matt. Um, I love him to death, but the Colts benched Matt Ryan and not because he was injured, but because they just went, Hey, you're not good enough anymore. We're going to go in a different direction. Um, we're outsourcing. We're going a different way. All those things where they, your boss lets you know that, uh, you're kind of fire, but not really, but you're on your way out. And Matt was so depressed after just another failed quarterback attempt for his Indianapolis Colts that he's like, I, I can't even with two point this week. I got to have two other guys do it. I, 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 I'm not going to bother. Uh, I do jokingly refer to him as Matt. That's my quarterback Johnson. And I did ask today how long <laughs> it would take before Sam Ellinger is in fact his quarterback. So what else you got? Uh, listen, there's, there's a lot of great stuff. I mean, most of this, I mean, how about the troubles of the old guard? I mean, Tom Brady lost to Carolina. I mean, they're they're tanking. Carolina is actively trying to lose football games. They're trading away stud running backs, although they're not, they're still refusing to trade away a couple of their core position players, which is fine. Like Brian Burns and DJ Moore, they're keeping around. That's fine. I mean, two each their own, but they are actively going for CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, top quarterbacks of the draft. They've had enough of this carousel they've got going on here. And you still managed to beat the GOAT, Tom Brady, and the, I mean, preseason Super Bowl favorite, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. I'm not sure how that how you let that happen. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting one. And that's actually one of our topics for later, so we'll get there. But, uh, yeah, I that's a tough look. I don't care how you cut it. Any, uh, any other takeaways? Ooh, this is a... You know what? I, I'm I'm always reminded of our our good friend Chuck Rigetti. Um, oh, that's just one coach chuckles. Uh, you know he's said for years that the NFL is fixed, right? It they they they're it's all fit and it's all staged. It's all a big theatrical show for our entertainment. It's just a money molding machine. That's why and it's all you know outcomes are all you know whatever picked by Vegas and yada yada. Um, and there were as much as I you know haha yeah right okay yeah you know whatever. Uh, a lot of people were on that bandwagon this week, specifically in the Browns game where they were playing Baltimore. And like, there was like a phantom false start call, like not a single member of the entire offensive line moved and they called the false start. And like, 
five Baltimore Ravens dove across the line and like, and it made their, their, their 56 yard field goal into a 61 yard field goal. And the, I mean, the guy missed it and oh, and, and Baltimore wins because let's be honest, the NFL would rather have Lamar Jackson winning games and potentially in the playoffs than they would a Deshaun Watson. I don't know whether it's the Browns or, Hey, we just let this guy suspension, the whole allegations thing. Like we can't have this guy on primetime playoffs. So we need to find ways for them to lose football games. Yeah, that's definitely a tough look. Is uh, you know, you, I don't believe it's actually fixed. Um, no, I'm with you. I, I I don't either. But there were a lot more people beating that drum this week than I've ever heard before. It was interesting. Or the referees getting what very much looks like an autograph from Mike Evans after the Bucks game. Yeah, I saw I saw that one too. And, you know, to some of it, like you have to, you have to know, like these dudes are fans, right? Like they're, they're not unbiased, completely unbiased. You'd, you'd hope that they're not working games for their teams and stuff. I am firm, firmly and honestly able of the belief that something like this cannot be fixed. There's too many working parts, There's right? Moving pieces like, you know, one, one dude Like you're, you're telling me in the entire time that the entire Colin Kaepernick situation was going on that, uh, he never once was like, Hey, who wants the story of how fixed the NFL is? Right, 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 right. Come on, come on. Like especially with the with the Super Bowl that that dude was part of with the lights going out and stuff. Come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It was a game was about to be a blowout. They were about to go up like three touchdowns. Like, oh, the lights went off yeah. for forty five minutes and not, and but, let the other team come back. Go figure. That was the night the lights went out in Georgia. Right. Shout out to that old old ass country song. Yeah, uh, the re- the refereeing's definitely been tough. My uh, my takes is right now. I mean, the Ravens are definitely they look to be in some trouble. Uh, and honestly, Lamar Jackson might might have to think about a change of scenery. I mean, five years in Baltimore, and they're not getting it done. I, I don't know. That's a it's a tough situation. If I'm Baltimore, I don't want him to leave. If I'm Lamar, they haven't extended you yet. And you're really the only reason that team is very relevant. So is is there a more polarizing player in football? There's where not. people are like, he's a stud, he's unbelievable, and then their half is like, I wouldn't give him a dime, I wouldn't pay him anything. It's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, he really is. I mean, we could have an entire conversation about just him for I mean, he. We could find five topics just about him to talk about, right? But uh, I don't know. I, I do. I think I think a change in change of scenery might benefit him because there are teams out there who would pay for his talent and his abilities. So, oh, listen, if the NFL has proven anything in, in its history, is that somebody somewhere like you are worth what somebody is willing to pay you. I mean, you and I have spoken about this a lot. I never thought that Joe Flacco, I mean, ironically a Baltimore Raven quarterback ever at any point <laughs> ever deserved to be the highest paid quarterback in football. Maybe, but he, but he was, maybe that's why they won't pay Lamar. Yeah. Right. Seriously. They're in PTSD. You're like, Oh, Flacco. I mean, well, in Flacco's defense, he actually won them a Super Bowl. So there's that. Right, and that's why they're like, no, we paid the last two that won us the Super Bowl. We're not paying you. You haven't done that yet. But right, uh, the Bengals and the Falcons both look to have hit their respective strides. The Bengals have looked better and better as the season has gone on. Uh, their offense, at least, looks to be clicking more and more. Uh, and the Falcons, we talked about it last week on this up on the discussion topics about how you know are they more legit? Because could they maybe sneak a division title? 
while the Bucks seem to be faltering harder and harder as they go. Seriously, they have as good a shot as anybody else does in that division, and I thought they were in the running for the first overall draft pick. And that's exactly what we talked about. And this past week, you know, against a better Bengals team, a Bengals team that's, you know, in my opinion, kind of on the up, you know, kind of on the upper uh, upcoming on the uprise here. They looked more like I think we expected them to look. They kept it close. They kept it respectable for a while, and then it kind of fell apart. So you want you want to hear something ridiculous? Like, Absolutely. tell me, ra- ra- raise your hand if you thought this was going to happen that we could legitimately have an Atlanta Falcons Seattle Seahawks playoff game uh, for two teams that you thought were going to be the top two picks in the entire draft, and not only are they not in that running, but they legitimately could play in the playoffs. Yes. Like I, my brain can't even, uh, I don't know what to do with this information. Yeah. Absolutely. Unbelievable on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Giants squeezing out another win. Uh, the winning just keeps happening in New York. We'll get to the jets and <laughs> New Jersey. Excuse me. I'm yeah, sorry. That's, that's I, dusty I agree. In here. <laughs> I agree. Uh, but yeah, the, we're not biased in that at all. I'm not salty <laughs> about it. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah. You get to be me. You get to make the outlander statements this week. I I'm, I'm okay. You got to play host. I'm okay. I'm a wild card. It's all good. Uh, yeah, so the Giants squeeze out another win, which what a great play, a great tackle on the goal line, like to to pull it out. And I'm sorry, a few like a few weeks ago, the Jags looked legit, and then like the NFL like got tape on them and got tape on the offense they're running, and it hasn't been working so well. Uh, the Jags just aren't those guys. Are they? They're not them. They're just not. You know what? I kind of look at this as is Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. Clearly, it's not, but I mean just the other crap fest that was urban Meyer and just the dysfunction of everything they dealt with. I I'm going to give them a pass on this year. I think they've looked better. They've at least looked like a competent football team. They've been competitive and in some games Um, and their head coach hasn't been caught like, you know, swaddling 21 year olds at a bar. I don't like it's college co-ed at the bar. uh, Right. Uh, So I don't know. Kicking, Kicking a player on the team. Right, right. So, I mean, really, this is his first year in a non-dysfunctional situation where he's had a chance to learn and grow. And I will say they are better this year than they are last year. I don't know what else you can be other than I'm not saying they're world beaters. They're not Super Bowl favorites. But if you are better this year than you were last year, that's everybody's goal, right? That's the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's just funny that, you know, the Jags came out after their last big win and, um, you know, my man comes out and makes a comment about how, you know, people took, took them light and how they're, you know, how they're a good team or whatever and their own four since then. So <laughs> maybe, maybe Trevor Lawrence shouldn't, shouldn't have talked until they got a little bit more, a uh, little bit, a few more W's under the belt. Um, my last admire his confidence. Yeah, I agree. And you got to believe in yourself, right? You got to bet on yourself. Um, all the talk this off season in Vegas was Carr and Adams and, all of a sudden, Vegas looks like a ground and pound team with that aforementioned dynamic duo managing the game. Uh, very, very interesting turn of events and good for Josh Jacobs for putting that team on his back. Seriously, considering they declined his fifth year option, everybody, they, fantasy football owners had written him off as uh, a cast off that everybody was trying to get rid of on the rosters. And now he's just, to your point, not only carrying people's fantasy teams, but also carrying the Raiders as well. To To a point that... Uh, all you know, people are kind of laughing now about the alleged commentary from Devonte Adams about uh, how how comparable Carr and Rogers are as quarterbacks, and I think we're Carr is good in my opinion. Carr might be a top ten quarterback in the NFL. That's not necessarily indicative of Carr's talent, but the lack of talent throughout the NFL at the position currently. Right. 
Well, I mean, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, as far as he has his faults, but as a pure thrower of the football and just oh, talent, like elite. it's elite. It's disgusting. I mean, I, I feel like it's him and Marino. I really, and I just believe, I mean, I don't know who else has a, as a five to one touchdown to interception ratio over a 20 year career. Right. It's not like he's in a first year and he's like, Oh, his first year, it was, you know, 20 touchdowns and four picks. Oh, well, that's a pretty good ratio. He's like, He's been playing for 17 seasons. Right. He's got 400 and change passing touchdowns and like 100 picks. Yeah. Well, it's, it's unbelievable. Nobody does that. You know, just hit the 100 pick mark. Like, just. right. Uh, and speaking of <laughs> lack of talent at the quarterback position, and I'm, and I'm not saying he's not talented. The Finns, the, the Dolphins might be 4 0 with two under center, but Tua did not look good against a very beat up Steelers defense. If the Steelers had any semblance of an offense, that game's a blowout, and it's not a blowout for the Dolphins. Uh, should have had four picks, and it, you know you you could make the conversation. You know, Allen should have had three or four picks against the Dolphins when we played them, um, but those were like guys going up and trying to you know high point a ball and it hitting him in the hand. Like these were dudes just you know catching punts that that just dropped them, and it was rough. Um, uh, I, I I think I, the Dolphins might be in some trouble. It's. It's interesting because, so I'm not a Tua believer. If you want to call me a hater, fine. I really honestly just feel like... Call me a hater? I don't think he's that good. Uh, well, I, I, I agree with you. And I don't know. I, I, I'm a Bills fan, so clearly I'm I'm probably biased at least a little bit. But every single time, like, you know, we watch these plays and his knockoff offseason was what? It was his arm talent, right? Couldn't make the deep throw. Tyreek Kill is irrelevant because he can't make the deep throw, yada, yada. And then people will be like, oh, watch this unbelievable throw. Oh, I guess he answered all those questions about his arm talent. I'm like, are, are you blind, dude? Like Tyreek Hill slowed down and like had to catch it behind a defender and then make a juke move and then score. T- Do you know what I mean? Like, it's right. not that it that, wasn't that a ball. F- that ball very slowly traveled 30, 30 yards in the air. Right. And even it, like, it's not like he hasn't had like room to air it out 45, 50 yards. But in the NFL, every quarterback on every roster can throw it 50 yards. Arm strength is like getting it out there, 60, 65. Allen Mahomes putting it out there, 7, 75. I mean, there's guys who can really sling it. He's not one of those guys. He can get the ball 50 yards. That's fine. That puts him like bottom five in the NFL. Like everybody can throw farther than 50 yards. Well, And, and now, he, he, Tyree Kill routinely has to come back for the football. And, and people go, oh, look at that. And, and what's what? starting to happen is without, <clears throat> without his ability to take the top off the defense, Teams, I mean, they're 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 showing running back or uh, like linebackers sticking with Tyreek because for three or four steps, sure. If I know he's cutting across my face, I can get a two step lead, and I know he like I have help over the top. So if he turns up, there's somebody back there, and then so I I take a I take a two step lead, and then two steps after that, he's past me. But for those four steps, I'm in. I'm there. And that's like, that's all two is doing right now. And some of it may be gun shy. Some of it may be because, you know, he's still not sure what state he's in, but, uh, and uh, total sidebar. If I never hear <laughs> Mike McDaniel speak again, it'll be too soon. That dude's an idiot, but that's another story. I, I've gone off on him on this show too many times. Moving on to discussion topic number two. And this one is in honor of our fallen comrade this week, Mr. Mr. Matt Johnson, the pod father himself, as it were, <laughs> uh, the Matt Ryan situation in Indianapolis, uh, really just what we think of it. Obviously, 
earlier today, it was announced that Mr. Ellinger will be the starting quarterback. And Frank Reich came out and said, now is the time to make him the starting quarterback going forward. So this is not a, we're going to give it a break. Ah, he's a little banged up. We're going to give it like, this is a, nope, it's the kid's job. And, right. He's got, uh, he, Ryan's got some sort of like latch strain or something. And they're like, oh, we will hold him out. Nope. They're just giving him the ball yep. the rest of the season. Yep. It's, it's years ago. Get it. And I think like Matt Ryan is like top five in the NFL in passing yards. It's not, it's not like he's not doing anything. Like Carson Wentz would have like a roller coaster of, oh yeah, he threw for 375 one game and then he threw for 86 the next game. Like Matt Ryan's really been been slinging it around. Okay, I don't know if it's a problem with his decision making or I don't know, maybe perhaps disrespected Frank Reich in some way. I don't that that's a ballsy move to trade for that 37 year old former All Pro and bench him week seven. I like that's I've never seen that happen before. He's currently fourth in passing yards. Right. Right. Averaging six point eight, uh, he is nine to nine touchdown interception. So that's not. I mean, that right, that, that would be a problem. But also, I mean, your offense. I know they had some offensive linemen banged up. Jonathan Taylor missed two games. Uh, Pittman was out for a little while. I mean, I don't know what else you're supposed well, to do. And there's there's a very interesting thing that's coming out come out since you know this whole thing with Matt Ryan has been more highly publicized and you know Frank Reich, you know, questioning Frank Reich and questioning his abilities as a coach and as a play caller and everything else. And here we are all of a sudden it comes out. Well, Frank Reich didn't, you know, Frank Reich highly touted with when he was with the Eagles, all of a sudden it comes out. Guess what? Frank Reich didn't call plays. Frank, Frank Reich like was a figurehead. He didn't call, he didn't run the offense. He, that was. Doug Peterson. Yeah, it was Doug Peterson. That was his, that was his shtick. That was his thing. And Frank Wright got all the credit for it, got a head coaching job out of it. And I mean, his best year was probably his year with Philip Rivers. And I mean, you've been doing this coach or this quarterback carousel of you're just getting the next available old guy looking for a new home. And it's, it's not really working. You know, Philip Rivers, you went out probably one. And, and I've said this before. One of the best coach games Frank Reich has probably ever had was the playoff game against Buffalo. He executed his plan to perfection. And we went in with a lead. That's tough. That's that's a tough look. I mean, really, we we just could not stop the run. I mean, I don't know how much of it is a game plan to just be like, hey, oh, no, no, we're no. gonna give the No, I'm not I'm not talking about the uh Oh, the playoff game? I'm talking about the playoff game. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I thought you meant last year when we he Taylor had five touchdowns against us. No, that, that was just us not having the personnel to to stop the run at the time. Right. right, right. The, the scheme the right way. But you know, that that was more a Bill's a Bill's fault than it was a Colts. I mean success. Yeah, that, that was one of those things that game got out of hand quick because it was, you know, an untimely turnover in the red zone, like on a punt and stuff. It's just stupid. But you know, the the playoff game two years ago. You know, the yeah, and, and they we either went in at halftime with a lead or tied and it was like, Oh, we just played an entire half of football their way. Like we put, we, they executed their game plan flawlessly and we're tied. Uh, my money's on us. Like, right. You know, and, and some of that's talent, some of that's, but I mean, you know, that, that was the best coach game you had in a playoff game. You lost. I'm more curious in the as the the front office decision making. Like I understand that they were in like a win now mode, but I, looking at what they've done, I'd be 
hard pressed to find a better argument than, hey, if three or four years ago they'd have just taken a rookie quarterback instead of to try to find the next 39 year old, uh, how would they not have been? I mean, the bare minimum, it's a wash, right? I mean, three or four years. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say it would be worse. Three or four years ago, I mean, we were talking about how young, talented, and up and coming this receiving core was. Now we're all like, you know, they don't really have a receiver. Oh, so, I mean, Pitt, Pittman's fine. Michael Pittman's fine. I mean, again, he's fine. But I mean, you know, three again, three four years ago, we were like, wow, there is some like young rookie talent here potentially. And well, because they they invested heavily in the position. They, I mean, they had T.Y. Hilton, and then they drafted Paris Campbell, and they had all the they had guys that were around. Right. <clears throat> I mean, and Paris Campbell's. I mean. Again, okay. I think he's like their third or their fourth guy now. Their second receiver, Alex Pierce from Cincinnati, who I think they just drafted in the second round. It's right. I mean, it, it's literally just you haven't done much, and you've tried to do this patchwork quarterback thing. Now your your defensive front, which was even going into last year, one of the most fearsome defensive fronts, like the the, the defensive front seven or front eight, whatever you want to call it, was like, oh damn, like they're good. That offensive line was one of the best offensive lines in football. And you wasted it having dudes, you know, walking out of the nursing home, getting dropped off by the community shuttle to go play on Sundays. Well, they, they, they you keep putting people in there with physical limitations. Philip Rivers can't move. Like as, as far as I'm concerned, and really, and again, this might be my internal bills biased. Everyone is looking for that Josh Allen prototype. And really what I just mean is strong arm, mobile and athletic. Mahomes, strong arm, athletic. Justin Fields, strong arm, athletic can move. Kenny Pickett, strong arm, athletic. Just, there's no longer the pocket passer like Peyton Manning, who's 6'5", 230, and he just stands in the pocket and he doesn't move. If you can't move, you can't bootleg, and you can't move around, you're not a modern NFL quarterback. Well, and I think that has a lot to do with the you know the, the defensive end and defensive tackles position changing as much as they had. I mean, like far and few between now are your 375-pound mm-hmm. Plug the middle of the field nose tackles, right? I mean, look look at your look at your DTs now. Your bigger dudes, they're phasing out of the game now. These dudes are are built like shit houses and move like the and like they're built like Bruce Smith was built and move like Bruce Smith. Well, like move jo- Jordan Davis for the Eagles from Georgia. Yeah, that dude who was like three hundred and thirty pounds, but he ran a four six forty. We were like, uh, that's the fastest in history for a guy north of three thirty or three ten, whatever that number was. North of three, probably right. Yeah, I mean, Vince Wolfork probably doesn't have a spot on an NFL team right now. I mean, because he was just a big body. He plugged the middle of the field, and when you stepped up, he could make a play. But his his whole thing was, I'm going to eat two to three blockers, stuff the run, and let other dudes make plays. Now these dudes on the outside, I mean, they're built like tight ends. They're built like, I mean, they're freaks. So you can't just stand in the pocket because the pocket's going to move. Right, your offensive line, the offensive line play hasn't quite caught up to the athletic ability. Not right, that, and that's not saying there's not good offensive linemen out there. There are, but the game has changed enough, especially with scheme and everything, that you have to be able to move. You have to be able to get out of the pocket, which is why teams would give up some of the arm talent for a guy who's going to escape the pocket and extend plays. I'm trying to think, like who who are your pocket passers? Like Brady's one of them. But he's he's made up for it with like elite decision making and you know what I mean and changing the plays and um Matt Ryan I mean he's not a starter anymore but he was one of those but I'm just thinking like Josh Allen can move Tua can move Zach Wilson can move Mac Jones is not mobile but we'll I mean we'll get to that in a second Bailey Zappi's now playing there so that's a whole thing 
But like Lamar can move, Burrow runs. Herbert runs. Okay. Herbert runs. Right. Baker runs. Like I mean, Jared Goff maybe. I mean, but he's young. He can move. I wouldn't call him like Matt, Matt Stafford again. He can, but he's he's more of your older. You know, he he's that do it when you can guy. Aaron Rodgers is more of a pocket guy too, but he can again. He bootlegs. Yeah, right. He moves around, but like nobody's a statue. No, the, the, do you know what I mean? The, like nobody is just right. The, the three, three or four guys that we mentioned Rock. are like stands standstills. Yeah, and they're dinosaurs and Andy right. Dalton. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, really, the it's the at, at this point Gar- think, Garoppolo as another one. I was just throwing out there. I'm like, because I'm thinking division. And I, I think at this point, the the Colts just at this point burn it down. New coach, new GM, and just start over. You're you like because all you're doing by trying to continue to win games at this point, and again, you're not out of the division. But but again, and I had this conversation. I, I brought this up last week with the Falcons. At this rate, why? Why? Like you, you're not going to win. You're not going to win at all. So all you're doing by pressing, like by pressing forward, aside from being able to say, like we're just pressing forward because we mm-hmm. should, is putting yourself because you're always trying to win games. You're not actively trying to lose. You're trying to win games. No, but you can look and say, like, listen, Frank Reich is done. We've had enough, and. You know, we're going to move forward and just firing your head coach and your GM is going to probably torpedo the season a little bit. So you don't have to, you know, go out there and uh, try to lose, but you know, it, it's a sign you're trying to work for something long term. Mm-hmm. But uh, moving on. Poor, poor Matt. <laughs> At the end of the day, poor Matt. Both Matt's, Matty Ice and the Podfather. Um, moving on. Discussion topic number three the Jets. First and foremost, are they for real? Uh, and then going into losing their breakout rookie running back, Brees Hall, and then immediately, immediately making room and making a move for James Robinson, because which is funny because we talked about this on Sunday, was like watching Jacksonville play, and we're like, what happened to James Robinson? Like, this dude was the NFL's leading rusher two years ago. Two- well, and he also was on fire to start the season. And then ripping he, off 50 yard scores and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they just went, eh, we're not going to use you anymore. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's a jet replacing <clears throat> a kid who's having potentially rookie of the year type season before he blew his ACL. Yep. What Which blows. Play? I mean, that that's such a, de- I mean, that sucks. There's nothing worse than that. Yeah. And, and you never want to see somebody get hurt, even you know, in division, out of division. If you, if you're the type of asshole that cheers for somebody getting hurt, I don't want to talk to you, but what do you make of the jets and their move for James Robinson? So really, honestly, I mean, I get it and I don't get it. I mean, I get why they went go out and get James Robinson. That they're like, hey, we lost a running back. I don't know why they don't believe in Michael Carter. He seems like a fine running back who led their team in rushing last year, and he looked pretty good this year. I mean, it's just that Brees Hall, I think, is exceptional. Um, but in general, I, I really, I think they're pretenders. I think their defense is fine. I think they could be a top ten unit. Um, the only reason for me, I think the pretenders is because they will only go as far as Zach Wilson will take them. And I don't think Zach Wilson's good. I would be more scared of 38 year old Joe Flacco quarterbacking. Like when the bills play the jets, if he got hurt and Flacco, I would be more concerned that Flacco came in than Zach Wilson. If that, if that's, I mean, that's just the long and short of it. I think if Listen, you I, only win Super Bowls in 2022 with a good quarterback, I, I have this, I have this argument with people all the time when people, you know, go off about the whole bills need a running back thing. And me and you even, you know, are not worse. We're closer than me, than me and most people, but we're still not <laughs> on the same page in, in, in that realm. However, um, 
you know, you look at the teams with the top five or six passers in the league, and most of them are on solid teams contending, you know, or like the bottom two teams that are always behind. You look at the teams with the top rushers, like three of the top five teams aren't good, but they have leading rushers in the league. Great. Like I, it's, you know, you can run the ball all you want, but at the end of the day, your quarterback play is what's going to, what's going to carry you. Um, and I like, I agree. I, I think it's, it's really cool. So here you go. Mahomes, Burrow, then Herbert, Ryan, then Allen, somehow Brady's like sixth. I listen, Tom Brady has done nothing but throw for like almost 300 yards every game. He just can't get it in the end zone. Even even against Carolina, he had almost. I think he had 300 passing yards. Just didn't throw any touchdowns. Right. Um, and that you know, it's just one of those. I, I agree with you. I think the Jets are a little bit of a pretender. It's fun to see them doing well this year. It's fun to see, you know, the New England in last place. Big fan of that. Yeah, New England in last place. Uh, the Dolphins, who after they beat the Bills barely a few weeks back, um, you know, celebrating like they won the Super Bowl, and now they're looking up at the Jets. They can't even see the Bills because the Jets are in the way. <laughs> Again, and it's by a game. You know, the the Jets are a half game behind the Bills. The Dolphins are a full game behind, uh, I think a half game behind the Jets and a full game behind the Bills right now um, or something like that. And, but I mean, I, I don't see it continuing for the Jets. Um, I think they're going to come back down to earth now. Again, who they play plays into that a lot. So, oh, st- strength of schedule is always a, a really determining factor. You know, they, they play the Jets or they play the Patriots this coming week, which we'll get to them a little bit in a, or in, a, in a minute here. But part of that is like Bill Belichick, for some reason, always coaches well against the Jets. Always. Then they play the Bills. Then they play the Patriots. They should beat the Bears. They're, they're like, then they got the Vikings and the Bills again. Then the Lions and the Jags, who like both of those are toss-ups. And then the Seahawks and the Dolphins. I mean, they... You could split that. You're still a pretender. Preseason, you would have thought that a lot of those teams might have been wins, but now you're like, oh man, the Seahawks it might give them a legitimate shot. And yeah, might, they're might, no joke. Might give them a little bit. Uh, and my so, so uh, Nick Chubb on the Browns, leading rusher, Saquon, and then Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, Lamar Jackson, Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Six of the top seven rushers in the NFL, one of them being a quarterback, are on teams that are struggling. Right. Just welcome to the modern NFL, boys and girls. That's why I don't put stock in going to sell the farm to go get a running back. But no, and, and we didn't need McCaffrey, and I don't think we needed Saquon. And so many people were like, let's trade for these guys. Buffalo should go after them. I'm not against acquiring talent. Like if we decide to sign Odell because Crowder hurt himself and McKenzie's been, we'll just politely say inconsistent. Yes. I, I would be fine with it. I am fine amassing talent. You can't have a too talented football team. It's not possible. Right. But I don't, to your point, I'm not sure we need to give up a two, a three, a four, and a two next year. Like, I mean, no, no I'm fine. Yeah, that price tag was way too steep. Yep. Um, yeah. So uh, I think we're both in agreement there. Jets are, it's fun to watch right now, especially if you're a Jets fan. I'm sure our friend Rick, who born and raised in Long Island, big Jets fan. I'm sure he's having a blast. Uh, it's been fun watching the Giants do their thing, but I think the the fall of New York is coming sooner than later. Um, the only the only real thing that could prop the Giants up for a little bit longer is the fact that they play a softer schedule. 
but I, I think the, I still think they I, think, I think the fall of New York in general is coming. I, I think the Giants are also kind of pretenders, and, and that's what really, I mean. for the same exact reason. I they will only go as far as Daniel Jones will take them, and I don't believe in Daniel Jones. I do believe in Brian Dable. Yeah. Great for that guy. Love to see him doing successful. Wish him all the best in there. He's doing a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, and you know it, it's fun to watch him with a with a running back who's you know, who can make something out of nothing like Saquon can. But again, you know, it, that's making it really that defense is playing above its station, in my opinion, which right. has nothing to do with Dable. But uh, discussion topic number four, Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi, a quarterback controversy in New England. I'm going to leave this one off because I have all the thoughts in the world. <laughs> <sighs> Boys and girls, the only controversy of the quarterback situation in new England is who would you rather have starting the guy who should be a backup or the backup to the guy who should be the backup? Like, listen, it was fun. Bailey Zappi is this year's Mike white. He came in, had a couple good games, turned some heads, raised a few eyebrows. And last week we talked about it. Do you stick with the hot hand or do you go back to Mac Jones? And my entire point was, a player doesn't lose his starting job full time for a non-season ending injury, right? You're not going to go and Mac Jones misses two to three weeks and all of a sudden Bailey Zappi's the starter. Unless you're Matt Ryan. Did Matt Ryan lose his job because he got hurt? Well, you said because of a non-season injury, so it wasn't season injury. He, like, he had a, a bumps and bruise, and they just went, eh, never mind. Now the backup's the starter. Okay. I, I think they just made that move to make that move. I don't think it had anything to do with an injury. Right. Well, they said it didn't. I mean, right. I, I, and, I, and I don't believe it did. I really, I think that's just dysfunction in, in Indy. But um, no, when you have a guy who's a starter and he's he is your starting quarterback, and I mean, we're, we're seeing it in, in Dallas. And now again, a lot of that has to do with the price tag on the quarterback in question. <laughs> yeah. But, like when you're not out for the season, you don't generally lose your starting job. And even if you are out for the season, it's far and few between that a dude loses his job because he blew his ACL. And like the next year, they're like, no, we're sticking with the other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most famous conditions of that would be the Tom Brady condition. But he won a Super Bowl, so that's different. Right, 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 right. I mean, they had Bledsoe, they were paying him, but. I mean, what are you going to do when the backup comes in and wins the Super Bowl? I, if, if Matt Castle won a Super Bowl the year Brady blues knee out, you can probably bet they might have sold Tom Brady. But, right. you know, you never know. Uh, that's one of those what if L type of type of conversations. However, you know, you look at this and it's like neither one of these dudes is lighting the world on fire. Neither one of these dudes is going to take you to the promised land. So is it a controversy? Sure. I think, you know, Bailey Zappi showed what the offense could look like. Maybe, and they looked at Matt Jones properly, and I think this was the right move, and said, "Like, listen, t- kid, here's the bar. This is now the expectation, is to do something close to this." And Mac Jones did not, so they went back to Bailey Zappi, and then Bailey Zappi didn't do it either. So, eh, tough look there. Uh, I love there. There were some knee jerk reaction memes when he came into the game on Monday night because he came in and immediately threw that touchdown pass. Oh yeah, and people were like the thug, the thug life glasses, and I just come in off the bench and I throw bombs and all I do is score. And then like he was garbage the rest of the game. People were like, "Oh, those might have been a little premature. I should have waited a second. Yeah, Bailey Zappi's second half stats: nine for sixteen for seventy six yards, two picks, and a fumble with no right. touchdowns. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, again, it you're 
people were crowning Mac Jones the next Tom Brady last year. And we sat here and we were like, listen, no, not a thing. No way, no shot, no how. And then now Mac Jones comes in, he's struggling. Bailey Zappi comes in, has a couple decent games. Great, cool. And now it's Bailey Zappi, Tom Brady 2.0. Like, how many Tom Brady 2.0s can you have? Because we're on like number six. I, I don't know who can be successful in New England system. And, I, and I'm, I, I'm saying that lightly because I think Bill Belichick is, I don't know, I think he's losing his locker room. I think they've got bigger issues there. He brought in two offensive-minded coaches and and didn't name an offense coordinator. It was just an offensive coaching unit, which is weird. No other team in the NFL has done that. Ever. He's, he's right. He's he's devoid of weapons. I mean, Devontae Parker is a Miami cast off and, and Jacoby Meyer is a number two at best. And they they went out and they signed Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, and they don't throw to either one of them. I mean, they spent like $60 million in tight end free agency and then went. Nah, we're not going to throw them to you. Oh, okay. I just, I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea. How do you run a team where you don't know who's calling your plays? Right. How do you get any kind of consistency? How do you get any kind of... Or a hierarchy where there's like, who's the tiebreaker? I mean, is it just Belichick? Like both, both air quotes, offensive coordinators, like preach their, their go over their game plan for the game and whatever one, one bill thinks is the white one is the one they go with. Like, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know what that is. And then like, or like, do you do like, okay, you're calling the first half, you're calling the second half. So like, Mac Jones didn't look good with one of them calling and then, you know, homeboy goes in and does well and then they switch and it's like, oh, okay, never mind. Like, I don't know. It, it's brutal. It's a tough look. Um, and it, it goes to the old adage of, you know, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the uh, become the bad guy. And I think Belichick has crossed that line. And a couple guys that we kind of touched on a few times throughout this episode uh, that may, may be walking walking that short road. Discussion topic number five, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, both struggling, both teams, not necessarily where anyone thought they would be. Uh, Should Brady hang it up? Should Brady have hung it up? What about Rodgers? What's going on with him? Uh, Is it too late for them to die a hero? Have they lived or have they already lived too long? So, you know what? uh, I feel like the Rodgers and Brady are living the fear of every old athlete that was approaching the end of their career and didn't want to overstay their welcome. Like you can make an argument that like Peyton Manning went one year too far. Like he was benched for Brock Osweiler for a second, but then because of his line of scrimmage and cadences and yada, yada, they brought him back in. He still won a Super Bowl there, but the defense carried them. All he had to do was not screw it up and they were going to win. But I mean, that's why Barry Sanders retired, retired early. That's why Calvin Johnson hung out up early. That I mean, like all these people, like Drew Brees, like Drew Brees was fine. There's nothing wrong with Drew Brees. He had a really good final season of his career, and he just went, "Nah, I didn't win a Super Bowl. I'm out. It's just time. I'm over it." I I wouldn't say he had a really good year. He he wasn't the same. Like the ball didn't quite have the oh, same. Oh, perhaps like, not his Drew. I mean, Drew Brees. You can make an argument but, of Drew Brees being the greatest of all time. I mean, that's yes. And, you know, he did he, he if he would have come back, he retired at the right time. If he had come back one more season, we'd have been like, oh, Drew, you should right. have uh, maybe having the type of season that Rodgers and them are having now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's and it, it's it's interesting to me because in my opinion, you're we're seeing two different reasons. Um, I mean, the, the the Bucks as a whole just look like just look like they're in shambles. I mean, 
did they lose some pieces? Yeah, he lost his off you know, three offensive like what they're on their like fourth center of the season or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, their offensive line is in shambles, but they still have Evans. <clears throat> they, I mean, they still got he still has some weapons. Leonard Fournette is still doing well. So um, a lot of weapons. I mean, Godwin and Gage and Evans and Julio Jones Johnny and Cameron Brait and I mean, like, good lord, it's not like there's no one to throw the ball to. But I mean, they, I, I, I think I watched. I think I watched Mike Evans drop two or three wide open touchdowns last week. Right. I I saw at least one. And then they were like how that obviously they lost by three touchdowns, but like how the momentum of that game could have changed if he catches one of those. Well, yeah, the one was really, really early. And I mean, that's just, you know, you hit that shot play over the top and he, I mean, he was nobody that there were two different plays in that game where Mike Evans was alone. Like not people nearby, not like he split two defenders. Like there was no defenders in the screen. I, I like there. There's a there's a, a a picture circulating the internet right now where it looks like the ball is falling into Mike Evans' hands, and there is not a like a D back to be seen in twenty yards of picture. And the the tag says Mike Evans did not score a touchdown on this play. Right, he didn't catch the ball. I like. And it, it, you like, okay, maybe it was a hair overthrown, but it wasn't overthrown to the tune of I had to dive and missed it. Right. eh, I just didn't quite give just enough effort. One of my favorite memes of last week was, uh, you know, Brady was screaming at his offensive line, which basically has become a game occurrence. Like at some point or another, he is just berating his offensive line. And I was like, I saw I was on Facebook and I saw somebody who said like, you know, Tom Brady, uh, you know, missed practice Tuesday for personal reasons, uh, had a veterans day off on Wednesday, went to a wedding on Thursday and like barely made the walkthrough on Friday and then was screaming at his offensive line for messing up cadences and snap counts during a game on Sunday. Like, could you imagine if the, if the left tackle was, was screaming at Brady every time he made a bad pass, like you practiced one day this week. Well, and like there, there was also the uh, didn't travel with the team, like took his own private jet to the to the game, and right, right, like, just is his own entity at this point. Um, which there, there's some conversation of you know last year. Maybe this is why uh, there was a conversation of Brady versus Arians. You know, you want the superstar to be part of the squad, but at some point, you know, I'm Tom fucking Brady. I, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's definitely you know managing grown men. Is not an easy thing. Us, Which you know, when you know who's going through the same thing as, as Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Yeah, like the stuff that I had no idea. I really I thought Russ was a pretty good looking, uh, you know, a good nice natured guy. I, I don't I yeah, don't he, think he's he mean. Say he was good looking. Allison, he's good. Look at him, Ciara. They're a Hollywood couple. It just it's like really Tom Brady and Giselle. They're just pretty people. It is what it is. But I mean, Russell's got his own locker room, his own shower. He doesn't travel with the team. He has his own facilities. I'm like, really. That I remember, uh, who's the punter that's got his own podcast? The guy, Pat McAfee, right? Awesome. Pat McAfee's talking about how, um, the guys were trying to call Russell Wilson and they're getting like his manager and they have to like be put through to like there's a screening process to talk to Russell Wilson. Pat McAfee's like, I've played with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, like, like do you mean I, it was like Peyton who, and somebody who, else he had? Uh, him, he played, didn't he play with Brady? I maybe I don't know who he punted for. I thought maybe it was Breeze, but I could be wrong. Um, he goes, I don't care who you are. He's like, if I called Peyton Manning, he was right now today. He was, if I called Peyton Manning, he was, he would pick up the phone. 
He goes, I've been invited to his house. He goes, I've met his wife and his kids. He's like, he's the nicest guy. He goes, I was the punter. He goes, I was irrelevant on a Peyton Manning-led offense. He goes, but if I called him, he answered the phone. He goes, why? Because I was his teammate, and that's what you do as a teammate. Uh, he's well, like, I just can't imagine calling somebody and getting somebody's manager. You're, I, you're, you're the stat man for a reason. When was Andrew Luck uh, in the NFL? When it was like his last year? When was he drafted? When was he drafted? Oh, goodness. Uh, it's so long ago now. 13, 14? Okay, so he played with Andrew Luck and and Peyton Manning. Okay, so there you go. And that, So that's what he said. Like I played with two like top-tier, upper-echelon guys who like, I could shoot Peyton a text right now and he'd be like, Hey Pat, what's up, bro? But like these guys are like, Yeah, I if I needed to get a hold of Russell Wilson because his house was on fire, I wouldn't know how to do that. But 2012. Yeah, close enough. I was right there. Yeah. So and like so so it was literally just the crossover. Like he was there for the last two or three years of Peyton and the first and like on all of Andrew Luck's career. Oh, one one year of Kerry Collins or whatever that nonsense was yeah, the, <laughs> for the one year that Peyton didn't play. Yeah, they the, went the, one fifteen when, when when Peyton had his you know neckiotomy or whatever. Suck for luck, suck for luck. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's Matt Johnson's heyday. Oh my God, I got Peyton Manning and now I get Andrew Luck. This is the best time of my life. Yeah, that's why that's why he's a Colts fan. Uh, he's he's paying for it now. <laughs> the, 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 the best and worst day of his life was the day that they drafted Andrew Luck because it, it was the best day, and then obviously the you know the. The franchise hasn't been the same since, you know, he had, Andrew he had 30 consecutive years of unbelievable quarterback play. I don't want to hear nothing left. No, okay. <laughs> you you don't entire, get to have a, the there's entirety, no gripes. The entirety of the Bills draft, he was fine. <laughs> right, exactly. It's, this, listen, this is his show. I can say that. It's, it's, green, it's green Bay. You had 40 years of quarterbacks and you have two Super Bowls. Yeah. Really? You went from Favre to Rodgers. You have two Hall of Famers. You have two Super Bowls it, in it, 40 years. It's worse than that. That's tough. They like because then they have what was it? Bart Starr was there before him. Uh, I mean, I don't know who was exactly before Favre. I mean, yeah, I understand that, but Starr was way back then. You're going Super Bowls one and two, but yeah, um, you know, it, it's tough to be that guy. Like it's it's tough to have. <sighs> I'm pulling up this list, by the way. Uh, so <laughs> Rogers, obviously from Favre. Then a combination of Dan Mechkowski, Mike Tomzak, and Blair Keel, uh, Randy Wright, Lynn Dickey, David Whitehurst, Lynn Dickey, Jerry Hall, Scott Hunter, and then Bart Starr. So it had been a second, but that's like several decades of football through yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the you, old guns are struggling. Yeah, and, and, yeah. When, and when you separate yourself from the team like that, and and Rodgers has done the same thing in Green Bay. I mean, he literally sat there and he's been <laughs> stomping his feet and crying like a child about not having weapons and not having people. But he also like doesn't like dudes when they're there, and then when they they leave and do okay elsewhere, he's like, why can't? Well, why did we lose that guy? I don't know. Maybe because you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep anybody around here. Like, also, you're the highest paid quarterback in football. We're paying you $50 million and the salary cap's like 215. Like you account for 47% of our entire, or not 47, 27% of our entire payroll. Right. That's tough with 53 other guys. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, like, I mean, the, the, the list of receivers he has liked Devontae Adams and what, Greg Jennings? And you, uh, 
you could, I bet you he liked no Jordy Nelson. I bet you he Jordy liked Jordy. He liked Randall Cobb enough to, for them to demand a trade that they right. he was at Houston. Let's bring Randall Cobb back. Here's the thing. I was talking about that last night with somebody, and this dude, Randall Cobb was on the team. He was mostly a kick returner and punt returner at the time, filled in in the slot, had a couple like decent games, but was still part of a, a receiving core that Brady like or not Brady, but Rogers like talked some smack about at one point like they had like a little falter in the middle of the season and he was like he pretty much put the onus on the receiving core that randall Cap- Cobb was part of then they got rid of him and he was like i want that guy back <laughs> like and I, again we're we're talking about a guy who has every right to bitch about the fact that they i mean a few years ago they took a quarterback in the first round who has yet to see the field. Uh, seriously, what a waste of a first-round pick. That guy, will the Jordan Love will never play for anybody. No. Uh, total garbage. No, he's literally just a body at this point. And, I mean, he's, he's a body holding a clipboard. You could have picked any number of talented players to help your team and your franchise. You didn't. The dude has every right to bitch. But... When you sit there and you bitch and you piss and you moan, and now his play, it, it, it was a, it was a weird highlight that I saw about how, like how much Brady doesn't trust his receivers, and how much he doesn't trust his offensive line. There was one where they had, um, you know, a play where a, a receiver was kind of like was breaking beyond coverage, and they showed like a very similar play from the year before. And he's like, when he had Devontae last year, he threw this ball at the same spot. And Devontae went and got it. It was a huge play. He goes, this one, he sees it. He's looking right at it. it it's almost a mirror of the of each other. And he doesn't take it. He checks it down for a two-yard gain, and they punt. Because he doesn't trust that guy to make that play. He goes, now here's another one where they have like a, a trips bunch to the high side, right? To, or so so to, the, to the wide side of the field. And it's like a, it's like a three-yard out, a quick slant. And then the outside guys running, just running a go route. And Rogers didn't see the coverage well enough. He just snapped the ball and threw the three yard out as quick as possible, not realizing that what the defense was doing, the go route was an easy touchdown. Right. That dude was going to be running uncovered because the guy that was over the top of him was actually responsible for the lower third. And he just, he went. The dude on the outside like ran past him, looked back, and like saw him getting rid of the ball to the out, and he was like, and it went for a two yard loss. And it was like the, the, he just doesn't trust what's in front of him, and he's getting rid of the ball. He's not diagnosing the defense. He's just getting rid of it because he just doesn't trust that he's going to have time, and he doesn't trust that these dudes are going to make plays downfield. But like, I, I don't know, man. Show up to off season workouts. Put the time in with these guys. Like, get reps with them. Figure it out, especially with young guys. Especially with young guys. You have to do that with the young guys. You know, and and we're talking about a dude who, like, the last, what, five years? Ah, maybe I'll retire. Maybe I won't. Ah, maybe I want to go somewhere else. Maybe I don't. Ah, I'm not. He's starting to sound like Brett Favre. Ah, yeah, maybe I, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Doesn't come to OTAs. Doesn't come to optional anything. He, he shows up the day he has to. I, I think the problem is, is that Rodgers is kind of an asshole. You know what I mean? And And it's okay. As long as you're good. Yes. People, people will put up with your nonsense as long as you're winning games and what and that's fine. Like like Josh Rosen when he was drafted, that people were like, Yeah, he's like, you know, he's got a chip and he's got like an attitude. He's you know, fired up. He's he's kind of a dick, but you know, oh, well, he won a lot of games at, at UCLA, so that was fine. Well, 
Josh Rosen is Aaron Rodgers with no talent. <laughs> when it doesn't go well and your teammates don't like you, you're not good enough to be a backup. You're not good enough to keep around in the practice squad. I mean, oh, you're tough to work with and you're not talented. Well, we're going to go in another direction. Yeah, that's that's definitely a tough sell. But uh, well, anything else for the good of the order, my friend? I don't think so. It was a wacky week seven. It's kind of crazy that we're not yet at the halfway point with this long NFL season that we've got in front of us. But uh, I'm excited for the second half. Very, very true. I am too. Uh, I'm excited to see our Buffalo Bills. It was weird talking an entire football episode and really not mentioning the Bills uh, specifically. I should, uh, you know, obviously we mentioned Allen in comparison to things, but um, you know, really not talking Bills because it was a bye week, and I'm sure the two point fans are. A fan of that because I think we draw a little bit more Buffalo centric fandom from half stats and stats, and that's not the show. Listen, I, I look forward to it next week. Not to piggyback on Rogers again, but it's Bills versus Green Bay. Like Aaron Rodgers is a double point, like double point number to underdog for the first, first time in his career. First time in his career. First time in his career. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's ten and a half point dogs. One of good luck to you, sir. One of the best parts about that is the fact that like what he basically came out and said. Right. He like, and people initially took it the wrong way. They're like, oh my God, can you believe he said that? Like, that's not what he said. Calm down. Um, you know, he basically was like, I think we could very well be humbled next week and it might be the best thing for us. Okay. Buddy, it could be. It, it might be the best thing for you too. Like, cause it starts at the top. <laughs> I, I don't think he cares. I really, I legit doesn't, he's so, so beyond it all. I, it, it almost wouldn't surprise me if we don't see either. Uh, this be his last year and he retires or he demands a trade at the end of the season. One of the two, but that'll wrap it up for uh, this week's episode of the two point conversation on behalf of myself, Austin, the Statman. Austin, thanks for joining me, buddy. No problem, man. Anytime. Glad and, to help uh, on behalf of myself, Austin, Matt and Brian, who couldn't be here and the rest of us. The two point conversation is. Picked off by hats, tats, and stats. <laughs>